Hey, congratulations. You found Talking Comic-Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego, a weekly podcast reviewing all the headlines in the world of San Diego Comic-Con. This is Season 2, Episode 29, recorded on Sunday the 31st of May, and it's a particularly special episode this week, as we get to spend quite the spell with David Glanzer, CCI's Director of Marketing and Public Relations, effectively the mouth of Sauron, um, sorry, San Diego Comic-Con. This episode is graciously supported by the lovely bunch at Dark Bunny Tees. Head to darkbunnytees.com to look through their amazing selection of cool movie-themed shirts and apparel. Seriously, they have a line in Mad Max shirts that will blow your gourd. Hello there and welcome to Talking Comic Con, uh, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. I am an Englishman in San Diego, my name is Leonard Sultana. Uh, if this is your first time joining us on a Sunday, uh, this is our weekly show where we talk Comic Con. Uh, we talk about San Diego Comic Con, we talk about a number of other cons as well, but the main focus is, of course, SDCC. Um, thank you very much indeed for joining us today. Um, we've got a very special guest uh, who's joined us uh, on the Hangout. We are going to get to that very shortly indeed. Let's do a quick countdown and a head check of what uh, is coming up because we are the 31st of May <coughs> 2015. Five weeks and three days to go to San Diego Comic Con 2015. 38 days. Um, it's all starting to roll in now. Obviously, the uh, the email started going out from uh, CCI to various panel guests to let them know that their panels had been um, allocated and things were starting to move around. That started happening a week last Monday, so things are progressing very nicely indeed. These hangouts are thankfully very supported by uh, Dark Bunny Tees. Um, they are a fantastic company based in the UK, which ship worldwide some fantastic movie-themed um, tees and memorabilia. Uh, do check them out at darkbunnytees.com. Uh, we have been running each week a giveaway uh, to give away a T-shirt live on the Hangout and also at the end of the Hangout as well. So if you're listening back to this on YouTube or on iTunes, don't worry, you've got a chance to win yourself a promo code. However, first things first, let's uh, announce the winner for last week. This was a gorgeous labyrinth-themed uh, tee. Uh, the question was, what was the name of Sarah's dog in Labyrinth? Uh, that dog's name was Merlin. And we had a number of people who uh, uh, tweeted in the answer. Congratulations to Lenore Brackley. That's uh, Lenny, uh, Lenny on uh, the Twitter. Congratulations. You won yourself a uh, Labyrinth-themed tee. We're going to get to all your details and get that off to you as soon as we possibly can. The T-shirt that we're giving away this week is on the DartBunnyTees.com website, and it's a Rocky-themed T-shirt. It's a Mighty Mix. It's a, like a training T-shirt for the gym. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and you can win that by tweeting Rocky T Giveaway. That's T-double-E Giveaway. Throughout the course of this Hangout, all you have to do is tweet me the answer to this question. Which legendary actor played Mickey in the Rocky films? You've got yourself about an hour or so to get that to me. We'll announce a winner by the end of this Hangout. Who played Mickey in the Rocky films? Legendary actor. Just tweet me his name. Go off to Google very quickly while we're doing this introduction. Go to IMDB and get that name uh, and tweet it to me at Rocky T-W-E, Rocky T Giveaway. Okay. There you go. That's the, uh, the that's the administration out of the way. That's the that's the the, uh, the the front end. Let's get on to the meat 
and potatoes as a whole thing. Wait, are, are you saying we're the back end? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> back end? No, at the back end of the hangout, that's when we'll uh, we'll announce the, the winner. But uh, no, this that's the that's the intro over and done with. Let's crack on with the actual uh, the main uh, body of the whole thing. First things first, let me introduce my regular uh, uh, person who helps me out with the hangouts. That's Alyssa from the Friends of CCI.com forum. Hello, Alyssa. How are you? Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you're <laughs> located. How's, how's your week been? Uh, very busy. Um, <laughs> very busy. Just a lot, a lot of things happening. Uh, on the personal front, uh, one of my, my condo got canceled for New York Comic Con, but I was able to rebook, so everything is nice. Uh, the panel announcements have, and we'll get to that later on, have kind of rocked my world. Uh, <laughs> and, and of course, getting prepared to, for our illustrious Mr. Glanzer. Indeed, and this is where we welcome David Glanzer from Comic-Con International. Hello, David. How are you, sir? Hello. I'm very, very good. Thank you. My apologies for uh, the background. I'm actually not in the office. I'm in a little anteroom at the house. Uh, as we're getting closer to the show, there's less time to do stuff at home. So trying to get all my chores done this weekend and maybe next, and then uh, it'll be full-time Comic-Con from there until the show. I can imagine as well there's also a couple of cork boards as well with uh, panel announcements and pins, which you don't particularly want us to see at this point. So <laughs> yeah. I can appreciate that. Uh, oh, that's something I actually wanted to uh, bring up, because if you didn't catch uh, the brilliant uh, conversation that David had with the unofficial blog earlier on this week, I noticed a slight change in title. Now, I'm just wondering if that's deliberate. Is it Director of Press and Public Relations or Director of Marketing? Uh, what's... what's it's, uh, director, it's Director of Marketing and Public Relations. Was it written something else down there? I didn't notice. <laughs> I've, I've had the same title for for a very long time. The uh, My duties have changed, or not so much changed. I think all of our jobs have increased and diversified uh, considerably, but my title remains the same. Okay. Well, I mean... I suppose that's a really good uh, introduction to the uh, the conversation. I mean, for people who don't really know who you are, um, you I mean, you are the voice, the the spokesperson for CCI. So, for people who might not be aware, what does that entail, and what is the hierarchy of CCI in terms of organization? Well, Comic Con has a board of directors. I think it's a thirteen member board of directors, and uh, a committee of um, several hundred, and then an office staff, and then, of course, department heads. Um, before we had uh, paid staff, um, the organization was, was pretty much run by volunteers, and it was, the, the board of directors really were people who had had um, a great deal of knowledge and, and worked up in different departments, uh, served as vice presidents uh, and board members, so that when a volunteer had a position, let's say, uh, PR or programming or even exhibits, if something happened and, and, and uh, uh, somebody else needed to pull a little bit more of the slack, the, uh, the board of directors could do that. The head of that department could kind of step in. Um, there's still some of that, but uh, a lot less so now. The show is so huge that the board of directors have their, you know, own jobs and things to do, which is to, you know, ensure that Comic-Con uh, you know, lasts for many years to come. The committee uh, has board member uh, has a, a department heads within it. 
a lot of volunteers. So every time you see all of those 3,500 volunteers or almost 4,000 volunteers during the show, those are all uh, comprised of committee members for the most part. Uh, if they're in any kind of position of authority, they are committee members. And then there's the office staff, which handles the day-to-day operations of the show. Um, and you're right, uh, my job entails being the spokesperson for the event, speaking to the media, speaking to questions that arise from any number of, of uh, different outlets, and it's uh, important that me and my team stay abreast of what every department does um, and interact with the board on a regular basis, and that's that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> that, oh, yeah, that's all you do. A big nutshell. Uh, you, you basically yeah, you have your fingers in every single pie regarding Comic-Con International. That's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it's, that it's, some, it's important. I mean, you know, the, the 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 reason the reason we do this is I think there are times when uh, uh, people may mention something about Comic Con, but if they don't know if they don't know the full story or don't know how uh, something happened or how it interacts with another department, information can come out that may be inaccurate. So we we try to have by having a press office, we try to ensure that the information is you know uh, not only truthful but accurate. A uh, single voice. I can absolutely appreciate that. I know that um, Alyssa had a question uh, regarding a relationship with uh, the committee and um, uh, the board of directors. Alyssa? Um, so you're part of the office staff? Just Correct. To, okay. So how many people are in the board, are, are on the board of directors? There's, There's a 13-member 13, 13 board. 13-member board, and you said yeah. two or 300 um, committee members? S- several hundred. It depends. Um, so what happens is uh, in order to be a member of the committee, you have to have um, attended a certain amount of meetings. A uh, majority of the people who are on the committee, I actually guess all the members are on the committee, have worked multiple shows, uh, and then they want to uh, get into a voting capacity. So by doing that, they get uh, tapped into the committee. They, they request to be a part of the committee, and then they're accepted into the committee, and then they're uh, voted on. I know that at our meetings we have in excess of several hundred. I don't know what the, the offhand exactly what the committee encompasses now. I would imagine it's probably, I would think probably at least a thousand, if not a little bit more. But but I don't. I'm not exactly sure of that number. So when a change. When it seems obvious that a change or an advancement needs to take place uh, within the structure of San Diego Comic-Con, where does that change, where does it start from? Does the committee, um, is a presentation made to the committee that would say, for example, why don't we do something about wristbands at Hall, in Hall H and with the policy that was implemented last year? Um, did that start with a committee or did that start with the board of directors? Decisions, <laughs> like, decisions like that really aren't on a committee level, and I'll tell you why. Because that one decision that you are aware of, because it's a public decision, <clears throat> is one of probably about several... I'm not kidding. Uh, at least a couple thousand that are made throughout the year. Okay. So the board, the board, the the committee and board really meet only once a, a month, uh, and it's not possible to to run everything uh, uh, for approval on stuff that is really a logistical thing. Now there are things like facility moving, um, uh-huh. things that are are are, are truly uh, dependent upon the future of the event. Um, that have to have approval, and that can start. 
it's almost like a, a legislature in your state. It can start from anywhere. Um, a member of the board may have an idea and bring it up, and then it goes for a vote to the committee. A member of the committee can bring something up to the board, and, uh, you know, it, it, it can come from anywhere. And then okay. it's vetted, and we try to, you know, iron it out and find out, will this work, will it won't work, uh, and then it goes to, to, to a vote. So mm -hmm. I think we just had a vote recently. I'm not exactly sure what it was we voted on because there's so much stuff going on in my life right now. But we just had a vote uh, this past meeting, and um, it, was, it was effective, and it's a good way to keep everybody abreast of what is going on. So when changes happen, like I say, we are going to talk about uh, the wristbands and the, uh, the situation with that with last year. I seem to remember there was um, a slight change in how the wristbands were allocated from the Friday to the Saturday, uh, purely because of the way that you saw and how everyone saw um, how things were going on the Friday. Um, at what point, uh, where I think what Alyssa is also asking is, when do, who was making that decision to kind of, okay, how fluid is CCI in making changes as the con progresses? <laughs> you, know, you always want to have a plan, and you always... <laughs> Try to stick to that plan as, as as best as possible. What I will say is, as you can imagine, with uh, you know thousands and thousands and thousands of people, uh, sometimes things can go awry. What we try to do is mitigate um, any problems. Clearly, we're not always successful. But what happens then? It's really important, and it's really something that we take a great deal of time and effort in. Is analyze what happened. If something went wrong. Well, what went wrong, why it went wrong, and how best to minimize it going wrong again. We see this in uh, registration. We see this in in any number of things. The, the you know the truth about the, the the wristband system is the feedback that we got was really fifty fifty. There were things that were certainly done that probably you know could have helped things along. But uh, in reviewing it, you know, some of the people really liked the fact that uh, there was, it kind of deterred a lot of cutting in line. Uh, but there were other issues with it, too. We don't know whether we're going to do the wristbands as of right now for Hall H yet. Uh, that's something that we've been talking about all year along with everything else. Uh, so we should have a decision probably fairly soon as we're getting down to the wire. But uh, those are still things that we're kind of weighing our options on. Just on the forum, where uh, I put up a poll just after the hangout, the um, uh, the blog hangout on Tuesday, because I wanted to get um, active participating uh, attendees get their read on it. And there are 24 wristbands and 17 um, against them. So it's kind of uh, two thirds to to one. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to do the math here. <laughs> yeah, don't ask me to do the math either. But but I will tell you that that in our surveys too, you know, it 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 always seems there's there. I'm not going to say in every survey, but in an, our anecdotal discussions with people, it seems that it's really 50/50. In some instances, it's 60/40, uh, but it's really close to 50/50. And and what we have to decide is, you know, is the benefit worth the aggravating, you know, the benefit uh, worth aggravating a large group of people, if we can eliminate the problems or try to mitigate the problems that caused the, the issues in the first place, then maybe that will be more a 75 or an 80% approval, you know, but uh, again, that's something they're, they're working on and we, we hope to have a decision about that really soon. 
I think you already addressed this, but what a lot of people really liked about it was that uh, there was peace of mind and there was security. Once you had the wristband, you knew you were in, and you didn't have to worry about all of the people coming in at, at 2, 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning ahead of you. And, um, yeah, I think there was, you know, there, one of the things that, that, you know, we're always concerned about is people who, you know, want to get into the show and then all, and this is true of any line anywhere in a movie or whatnot, uh, getting in line very early and all of a sudden finding yourself, you know, at the back of the line because people save spaces and all that. And the wristband seemed to have been able to, uh, eliminate or at least, uh, reduce that to, to a great degree. And that was something that we were really very happy about. I was really happy with the, the wristband situation, certainly on the Friday night, if anything, because it allowed me to get my wristband on and then I could nip off and attend the Eisner Awards in yes. the uh, in the Indigo uh, that particular evening. So, and, and know that I, I had the uh, the spot uh, waiting for me when I got back. Obviously, there was um, issues in terms of the the people lining up for the wristbands because of the uncertainty as to when the wristbands were going to be issued. Because at which point then people just were kind of hanging around for those wristbands, and it got earlier and earlier. I'm presuming that's part of the conversation that you've been having all year. Absolutely. Absolutely. A term that's come up on the forum has, uh, a new term that's come up has been wristbanding. Um, Have you been wristbanded? (laughs) 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 Just to put that out into the the lexicon of of the con world. (laughs) Uh, I'm making a note of that. that shows up as a hashtag anytime soon. I, yeah. <laughs> so, to, to, to change the topic here, unless there's some another question that you've got, Leonard. No, go for it. Um, the second thing that, that a lot of my members have been talking about is the floor. Uh, the exhibit floor and what can be done about uh, exhibitor the, the classic question the exhibitors who take up all of the uh, who are on the floor early they're milling about uh, either the Lego or the Funko booth and as soon as the doors open they jump in line with their with their badge uh, their uh, regu- the regular badges. Um, is there any way that that we can police we've been that? Try, we've been trying to address, or we have been addressing that, not only with exhibitors, but um, you know, with uh, with other people as well. The the right now we try to ensure that people have just one badge. So if you're an exhibitor, you have an exhibitor badge. You mm-hmm. shouldn't have an exhibitor badge and, a, and and an attendee badge. And I think exhibitors, for the most part, uh, certainly, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the rule is offhand on selling to other exhibitors, um, but you know we do have a, a lot of exhibitors, a lot of exhibitors on the floor, clearly before the show opens because they have to be. Um, you know why they're not at their booth and, and in line somewhere else is certainly a question that that we've been wondering about as well. But we we're dealing with some of the the, the people who have exclusives to find a, a way to reduce that situation. I don't want to get into the specifics of it because whenever you do, then somebody finds a way around that. So uh, it's something we're certainly aware of. Has there been any thought to uh, expanding the tickets into the sales pavilion so that um, Lego and Funko and some of the other booths in addition to Hasbro 
can uh, hand out tickets there and keep the, the mad rush down on the floor at all? Those have been things that we've discussed, yes. Not only, inter- not only internally, but with exhibitors as well. Yeah. Is, no. So does LEGO need to decide to do that, or does CCI decide to do that? You know, we don't want to say something that's going to, for LEGO to look up money and say, I can't believe CCI said this. And I know that you're using LEGO as an example. But yeah. we're, in, we're in constant discussions with them about how best to make sure the, the floor is as as you know, controlled mayhem as it possibly can be. And I think for the most part, a majority of the of the exhibitors, especially those who have ex- uh, exclusives, want that as well. We just have to make sure that we can come to an agreement that meets their needs, meets the fans' needs, uh, and it's something that's a really safe environment for everybody. So it's discussions that we're continuing having. I can't get too much into to the details of that, but it's not something that uh, we haven't noticed because we certainly have. So it's been brought up. That's great. It's that's great to hear. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad that there's a discussion about that. And and without even getting into the specifics of what has changed, if you attended Comic Con probably ten years ago, it's very different uh, at those booths now than it was ten years ago. But again, I don't want to get into the specifics because somebody might say, "Oh, I didn't realize that," and you know. But so it's a, it's a it's a constantly evolving thing. But but we do know that uh, it still does occur, and uh, we're trying to find the best way to mitigate that. I know that um, the exclusives are starting to get rolled out and all the uh, the exhibitors are actually starting to announce where they are on the, the exhibition floor. And obviously there's also um, panels being announced left, right and centre. So things are starting to come out from uh, CCI's perspective in terms of uh, nailing down the schedules and the, uh, the lineup for Comic-Con this year. Now, I know that the panels were starting to roll out as of a week last Monday, the uh, 18th of uh, uh, May. Um, now, uh, a question has come from Neil Williamson um, on the uh, the Google Plus page. Now, when it comes to um, panels, and indeed Hall H, what kind of lead time do uh, the, the bigger room panels um, get? Do, uh, did those emails get start going out around the same time as everyone else? Um, and who dictates um, the, the placement of those panels? Is it the studios that are applying or yourselves? For the most part, I mean, uh, everything program-wise happens around the same time. Uh, however, we do have dialogue with a lot of different uh, uh, panel presenters throughout the year because they not only present at, at Comic-Con, but they present at WonderCon. Uh, and in the course of our, you know, year-long conversations, you know, they may say, oh, by the way, we're thinking of this, this, or this. Um, you know, we've been in this business long enough to know that that, you know, we know that they earnestly are hoping for something, but that is really dependent upon so many variables that we don't even know about on their end that um, their plan to bring, you know, blockbuster movie B uh, is their big push for the year. And then, you know, six weeks from the show, they're like, wait a second, X and X happened, so we're now going to bring movie C, or we're not going to come at all. So it's um, it's a dialogue that happens throughout the year. The the nuts and bolts, like other programs, happens along the same time as other programs, but it's something that uh, is very fluid. And this is actually true of almost all programs on the floor uh, and meeting rooms. A lot of those programs are very fluid, which is why we don't actually release our schedule until a couple weeks beforehand, because 
invariably there's a, a cancellation, a change, or a switch. And as I've said before, sometimes those people sit on a variety of different programs. And if that happens, it's like a, a Rubik's Cube of trying to figure out, okay, we're pulling, you know, so-and-so's pulling out of this. How does it affect this? And so we try to wait as long as we possibly can. Is there also a case of, um, uh, is it mostly a case of the, these organizations, these companies approaching CCI for uh, spots at Comic-Con? Or do you it's, also uh, make... Uh, I'm, I suppose I'm asking, has there been an email gone to uh, uh, a, a company or a movie company of some size or some notes asking, um, are you coming to Comic-Con this year because we haven't had your email yet? For, for the most part, um, you know, if you're talking specifically about the, 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 the Hall H stuff, um, they, yes, they, usually am, con- <laughs> they, they usually contact us. But, but there are programs and stuff that we put forward to that we would like to see. Um, but the truth is we are, are so inundated now with so many programming requests that uh, cover the, the whole spectrum of pop culture that uh, it's easy for us now to say, oh, you know what, we don't have a program on this. Oh, we have so many programs on this, we're going to have to choose, you know, which one is, is, is the best for attendees. Uh, so it's it's both, but in terms of Hall Age, for the most part, uh we're in touch with them throughout the year, so it's not as if we send them an email and say, hey, what's going on? I haven't heard from you because, for the most part, we talk to them regularly. Fair enough. I think it's uh, also uh, safe to say that um, with what you've just said, um, if, say, for example, a studio off the top of my head, uh, Marvel, for example, uh, didn't show up at uh, uh, Comic-Con this year, you have uh, plenty of content to pick and choose to put into uh, various uh, slots yeah, and it's, and it's interesting because, you know, I think not every studio, not everybody comes every year. And and I remember a few years ago, uh, a writer for a very, very prominent national newspaper uh, had basically said, you know, Universal wasn't coming to the show and the luster has fallen off Comic-Con and they won't be there. And, you know, is this the decline of Comic-Con? And you, know, you can just scratch your head. Of course, the following year, not only did that studio come, but they had the world premiere of a movie at Comic-Con just for the attendees. So, <clears throat> sadly, sometimes people read things into something, um, and in reality, it's just because they don't have something to promote. They couldn't get talent together. They couldn't get footage together. The director is more protective. Any any number of things. Uh, but it's not always as clandestine as, you know, oh, my God, they're giving up on the fans. Well, I, I, for one, would, would love to just thank you, Comic-Con International, and uh, I don't know if you had a hand in this, for approving the panel uh, that Leonard and I will be participating in. <laughs> which I is, saw that come across my desk, and I'm not sure about that one. No, no, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Well, it's, um, I'm enjoying the prospect of talking about um, how bloggers can affect and effect uh, the community, the tribe uh, that goes to Comic-Cons, plural, uh, not just for San Diego. And I appreciate um, an, an acknowledgement from CCI that it's it's an up-and-coming move. It's a movement within the tribe of uh, getting out in front of it and talking uh, about what's going to be happening. So just thank you yeah, for that. Well, on behalf of Comic-Con, you're welcome. And I think, you know, just from what I've seen of that, it looks like a good uh, slate of panelists. So uh, without confirming or denying, 
you know, it, it sounds like you know if that does happen, it'll it'll be a great panel. I I have no idea what on earth she's talking about. I'm just going to check my inbox on that. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm getting a bit lost. Okay, um, a <laughs> yeah. couple of co- uh, comments and questions. Um, obviously, if you do want to ask a question, we are going to do a Q&A section at the end of the Hangout, so do please jump in on the q and If there's any questions you want to put to David, we will do that, absolutely. Um, but we have had questions throughout the course of the week, not only on uh, the Friends of CCI forum, but also on uh, my Twitter and on the Google Plus page. And uh, I think the uh, one question that has been uh, coming in is about the expansion of uh, Comic-Con into the city. Uh, now, there's plenty of uh, panel rooms, plenty of space, and pretty much every square foot of San Diego which is available does come uh, equipped with a Comic-Con uh, feature. Now, the hotels in the immediate vicinity of the uh, conference center on either side certainly have been very accommodating in uh, putting uh, official Comic-Con uh, content on, such as the Eisners, such as uh, the various bits and pieces at the Marriott in terms of just accommodating the con. Um, has there been any discussion about any new venues, or is there any um, new experiences that we may be expecting at uh, Comic-Con this year? Well, you know, we, we have a great relationship with the city. The city has allowed us to use some park space, and uh, a lot of the local hotels have been very, very uh, gracious in allowing us to use meeting space there as well. I think they realize that with the, with the convention center being maxed out as it has been for many years now, uh, in order for us to, to, to continue having an event, we have to have some of these other spaces. And they've been very, very, many of the hotels have been very, very accommodating in, in allowing us to do that. I will say, that uh, one of the challenges we have right now um, is some hotels are are you know uh, considering revising their room blocks and room rates, and that's something that can really affect our attendees. And you know, I think somebody had mentioned um, in an interview, not from the city, but somebody representing a, uh, an entity said. Oh, you know what? Comic Con is successful. You know they're not going to move for a few dollars here or there. Well, you know what? You'd, you'd be surprised because what may be a few dollars here or there to them uh, is is a great deal to our attendees. I remember going to my very first conventions, and you know, and I and I think I mentioned this to someone before. My very first weekend, I, I brought forty two dollars. Now, granted, forty two dollars back then was a lot more than it is today. But, you know, we, we got in a hotel room and we had two or three people in a hotel room because at that room rate it was too expensive. But we were really appreciative of the convention uh, having a room block and a discounted rate. So now that, you know, some hotels, you know, want to reduce the room block so there's less discounted rooms and they want to increase the rates of those discounted rooms, I'm afraid, you know, our attendees are going to, are going to show the displeasure by not coming to Comic-Con. And if that happens, then we'll have to move. Is the hotels kind of the main sticking point? I mean, yes. I suppose the, 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 the question really is, um, oh, it sounds like you have a, a, a very strong relationship with San Diego, which at the moment does seem to be kind of um, a city in flux because oh, there's um, 
the possibility of losing um, a sports team in the city. There's, uh, like you say, the issues with the uh, the hotels. There's the um, expansion, uh, convention centre expansion falling through, and the uh, lapse on the lease of the land, which that was going to implement. So the, the the but you do seem to have a very good dialogue with the city, and every single time you do hear the mayor speak, they are absolutely in support of the Comic Con. The hotels, I'm guessing, then is. The, the primary sticking point. Yeah, and I don't want to paint you know the hotels all with one brush because we have some hotels that are just really truly amazing. Um, it's you know they have a challenge too. I mean we you know we have a great many people who come into town and it's it's you know not always an easy show. I mean uh, there's a lot of challenges, but you know many of them uh, have embraced us and really done a great job. Uh, I think the 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 you know when you get a message from somebody within you know the industry that says Eh, a couple dollars here, there. Comic Con's not going to care. I, you know, if I were a hotel, I'd say, hey, why should I negotiate? You know, this guy tells me that they're not going to move. Well, you know what? I think that the the thought is that we won't. And the truth of the matter is, we don't want to. We've been very, 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 very public about saying we'd love to stay in San Diego. But I have to tell you also, what we do and the negotiation that we have is for our attendees. If if it becomes more and more challenging for our attendees to find discounted hotel rooms, how what are we gonna do? You know, we, we, we will have to find a venue where, you know, space is plentiful and hotel rooms are are, are a lot less challenging. So that's really our dilemma right now. Okay. When's the next Kind of conversation that's going to be. T- when's that going to start moving into negotiations? Is that going to be after, after this con? Are we uh, from the moment that uh, uh, July's out of the way, start working on uh, the communication? Well, we're, we're, we're really uh, over our head in this right now. I don't mean over our head like we're you know flailing, but in terms of time, uh, typically we sign at least three-year contracts. Our contract expires next year. And I think it's a testament to the board of directors and to Comic-Con that we would like to work things out in San Diego, the fact that we haven't just moved. But I have to tell you, the longer this draws out, um, the more difficult it is for us to, you know, to, to, to stay. And if we do, well, I don't want to get into that, but, you know, it's, 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 it's really presented an amazing challenge for us. But, we're negotiating. We're still talking, and that's always good. I think so long as you have a dialogue, uh, that will help. It's sounding very. You're sounding very tired of the, the, <laughs> the, the conversation with the hotels because I can appreciate it's very draining, not only for yourself but also for CCI. It's it sounds like a very frustrating. You know, uh, the, the hotels have been really great, and nobody wants to deny them making uh, uh, income. I mean. Uh, that's one of the great things about about Comic Con is we welcome people from all over the all over the world and uh, they help out the economy and you know we were born in San Diego we love the fact that attendees want to come to San Diego and not only you know stay uh, at the convention center but stay at hotels uh, shop at the places go to the zoo uh, restaurants and all that we love that we want that to to continue um, but if if we're starting to hear now from our attendees that the hotel room rates are really too expensive for them, and that scares us, quite frankly, because uh, 
if they decide that, you know, they're going to pass on the show because it's too expensive, we have an issue. And, you know, I don't think anybody, you know, San Diego is a beautiful city. It's a vacation destination. We have a wonderful uh, location. You expect to pay more for that. I mean, I don't think anybody denies that. Uh, but uh, I think everybody just would like it to be, um, you know, as, uh, I don't know, as fair as possible. And, you know, who's to say what's fair, I guess. But, you know, reduced, reduced room blocks and increased room rates, just something that is a challenge for us and one of the things that's a sticking point right now. I would just like to add, um, if, if it does come into being that you need to consider a different location, um, I would like to encourage everybody, and I'm sure that this will be a thought amongst the committee and the, the people, to think about ma- keeping the campus feel of it. Um, my other favorite con, New York Comic Con, is a prime example of a convention that is limited to the convention center because they don't have the hotel rooms uh, the hotel outside hotel space, and they can't take over uh, Midtown the way San Diego Comic Con can take over San Diego, which is uh, is brilliant. And the way WonderCon effectively takes over that entire area in Anaheim. I'm hoping for the same with um, LA next year in WonderCon. But uh, if I think if San Diego Comic Con were to lose that. Um, it, because of of uh, uh, having the need to go to a different location, it, it I think it might lose it might lose the flavor of it, and that's what I'd be really scared of of happening. Um, it's it's very interesting because the, the 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 campus setup was really as a direct result of of running out of space in the facility. Um, yeah. If you'll remember, before we ran out of space, we excuse me, we didn't have anything outside really. Uh, and we had no signage. But mm-hmm. because we can't increase attendance, because we don't have more exhibit space to sell, we had to find creative ways of accommodating not only, you know, additional people, but generating revenue without just, you know, spiking up badge prices and exhibitor rates, you know, through the roof. And one of those ways was sponsorship. So you'll see a lot more signage and card keys at hotels. That helps us, you know, underwrite our, our operating costs. But one of the things we were able to do for space as well was move to local hotels and across the street. Uh, it's interesting you say what you say because I think people do enjoy the outside atmospheres, but if the convention center does get expanded, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see whether or not we can Did I raise my eyebrow there? I do apologize. <laughs> All right. Fingers crossed for an expansion, though. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's not, you know, it's not a dead thing. What ended up happening, I mean, the, the, the mayor and the city's right now looking for another way to fund it. Uh, the funding proposal that it put forward was something that everyone thought was going to work, um, and, um, it, you know, ultimately it didn't. Uh, so I think, I think they've not, I don't think that's been shut down. I think, you know, it's something they're still considering, but... Who knows when it will happen, but, you know, as um, our president once said, you know, a long time ago, when everyone kept saying, well, if you have the expansion, will you stay, and if you don't have any expansion, will you leave, et cetera, et cetera, and he said, you know, I don't see a shovel in the ground, and we've been making our plans regardless of an expansion, and that continues today, which is why the hotel contracts are really so important, because if you add the fact that they want, you know, there's reduced room blocks, Increased room rates for those room blocks, and 
sold out, maximized space, it's a tough one to argue to stay. I mean, something that um, a number of people I've been speaking to is while these have been sticking points, there have been so much positive developments in terms of Comic-Con, in terms of how it's expanding into the city and also beyond virtually, uh, which uh, leads me on to something that I'm extremely excited about and what I'd like to talk to you about, and that's the Lionsgate um, arrangement that is going to be uh, taking, uh, starting off at the beginning, uh, I believe, the end of this year. Uh, this is a online video-on-demand streaming service which uh, CCI and Lionsgate have uh, got involved in. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about that before we uh, ask? You know, we're st- we're still in the very very beginning stages of this. Um, you know, they approached us a couple of years ago, um, maybe a little bit over a couple of years ago, but at least two years ago, about um, doing some kind of a streaming service for for our fans and and people who couldn't make it to the show. And you know, as you guys know, we're notoriously conservative in terms of, you know, engaging in new things. You know, we really have to vet it out and talk about it and, you know, and and uh, they certainly seem to say the right things. They, you know, a lot of their, their product uh, are fan-related. <clears throat> Pardon me, they, 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 they kind of, you know, speak geek. Um, and in the course of uh, conversations, we thought, you know, this could possibly work. And I think one of the big selling points that they had was this was an ability – to highlight, you know, all the good that is at Comic-Con, whether it be the Comic-Con archives, whether it be certain panels and programs, um, you know, bring that to a to an even wider audience for those people who can't attend the show. And that includes not only archival stuff, but um, potential original programming and also, you know, purchasing, you know, stuff like some of these other video-on-demand services that are fan-favorite stuff. Um We've had a couple of meetings, uh, and every time, you know, we finish, I'm incredibly excited. Uh, I, I think this will be a, a very fun thing. And I think one of the most important things with this service is we approach it the same way we do Comic-Con. And that is we, we enter into this in an effort to do something that we are, we ourselves would like to see. So in all the discussions, you know, Lionsgate has been saying, you know, we think about this, this is, what do you guys want to see? And we're like, oh, my gosh, we want to see yada, yada, yada. And it's it's like, you know, being able to to create your own channel. Granted, there's always licensing issues. There's any number of, you know, things that can go in there. But for the most part, we're all very, very excited about it. It's supposed to launch hopefully at the end of this year. Um, we have our fingers crossed it to, to be something a lot of fun. Is it going to be North America stream only, or is it going to be? Uh, well, I think it's going to. Yeah, I think it's going to start in <clears throat> in in the north in North America. But I, I think the idea is to uh, allow it to expand as far as it can. Um, you know, there there are very little limitations right now. Uh, but just some of the stuff I've seen and some of the stuff I've talked to them about, and um, just some really cool stuff. And I think that. Uh, you know, as with all things Comic-Con also, you know, we start small. We start slowly. <clears throat> Pardon me. Comic-Con's success didn't start with 130,000 people at our very first show. We had 300 people, as you know. And it grew by necessity. And I have a feeling that the SVOD system will happen the same way. We'll, we'll establish something, and, you know, if people really enjoy it and it works, then we'll continue to expand upon it. And uh, the more subscribers we get, the more we'll be able to expand it further out. And hopefully we'll be just like Comic-Con grows to 
you know, kind of like, what is, isn't it like a, a goldfish grows the size of their tank? Maybe that's, you know, that's for us too. We'll, we'll grow as, as, as much as they want us to. I, I absolutely am very excited to see any of the historic uh, panels that may that may exist with some of the the icons in the comic industry. Would love to see you know a, a Kirby panel or a just you know some from the 70s and 80s or 90s. If you've got anything, I, I I'd, I'd subscribe in a heartbeat. Well, I appreciate that. We have our fingers crossed. The, the truth of the matter is a lot of the stuff was uh, um, uh, video, not a lot of stuff. There was select stuff that was videotaped because back in the day, I mean, you know, when I first started going to Comic-Con, videotape wasn't even really available, I mean, uh, to to the consumer. It was mostly a, a industry thing. And I, oddly enough, uh, had some background in video. So I remember the three-quarter-inch U-Matic tapes, and a camcorder was something that was, like, this big, and, you know, fat, sat on your back, and you could only tape for 20 minutes, and it weighed a ton. Um, the scary thing is, and, and we're in the process of digitizing a lot of this video, I don't know how much of this video is is, is good um, and how much of it is, is, is even salvageable. And I hate to say that because I'm, I'm hoping it all is, but mm. we won't know until we really get into the, to the throes of it. But... I have my fingers crossed too. It should be fun. If nothing else, then to look back at some of the photos and some of the artwork and some of the you know books, and it should be a lot of fun. I'm just going to say, as so long as you're not saying that the main issue with putting content together is trying to dub down from Betamax, I don't think <laughs> that would be that would be as slightly awkward. Not only do I still have a Betamax machine, <laughs> I think I have like two beta tapes that are still in the original wrappers. How's that for? <laughs> Throwback Thursday. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I, I think uh, a question that I'd like to ask is certainly regarding the, the Lionsgate deal in terms of, like you say, expanding beyond the city, uh, expanding beyond the convention center and then into the city, and virtually expanding worldwide. Now, I actually, we talked very briefly before we came on air, uh, and I basically put the question, is this um, Comic-Con International embracing that uh, international uh, part of their name, at which point you then said... <laughs> well, uh, I, I, think the, I think the question you asked me was, is finally embracing the international? <laughs> uh, and and uh, it is, but I think, you know, we've we've had some amazing... Re- and the reason we decided to add international to our name was because we had a lot of international guests uh, that we invite every year. And, and some of those guests don't appear at any other convention. Some of those guests, if you look through our history, you know, don't make appearances at all. Uh, and it's really was a unique way for Americans, uh, and Comic-Con fans to see people who they may never have a chance, an opportunity to see. So I think we've really, you know, embraced the international. Could we embrace it even more? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Without getting too optimistic, my hope is that this uh, the service will allow that as well. You know, I was in I was in Turkey uh, about a year, maybe two years ago, and there was a, a cable network that had a broadcast a Comic Con panel, and I was like, well, "How did that happen?" Well, they actually have an agreement uh, with an American company, the presenters of the panel, and they had gotten a release from us and all that. So it was completely all legit, but it was so interesting to see uh, a Comic-Con panel in Turkey. And in speaking to some of the people that I, I ran into, 
um, they were not only aware of Comic Con but very excited about seeing the panel. So I think I think there's an international market for it. But again, I don't want to get too optimistic. But but I, I hope we'll see it expand internationally. That I mean, really leads into the next question that we have to bring up. Um, <laughs> perhaps an uh-oh is called for. Um, we had a conversation with Mike Armstrong at Read Pop last week, and he, as you know, Read Pop did Star Wars Celebration and had a fabulous uh, streaming service for some of their panels. And the effect that he said, and I agree with, that that streaming service had on the entire community was everybody saying, I want to be there. You know, that it just permeated through the culture so much. The the tweets, the the posts, the links, it, it was all anybody was thinking about for days with regards to that. And... I don't really have a question, but well, I, I think you, I think you bring up a really good point, and and that is, you know, the 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 thought was I, I want to be there. Uh-huh. Uh With Comic Con, we already have more people who want to be there that can actually be there. <laughs> so our our I mean, I, I, seriously, I you know the the idea of streaming for uh, a promotional. Uh, I'm not saying this is a bad thing; it's it's actually a great thing for for them, I think, especially. Uh, but I think uh, to to use a, a, a video streaming as a promotional tool, <clears throat> for me, is not something that that we want to do. You know, and I think we we may have discussed this, if not online, but but personally. You know, I cut my budget for for advertising and marketing for Comic Con substantially years ago because it's really difficult to. Try. To, we, we're in a weird situation of trying to uh, remind people that the convention's coming up, there's cool things happening at the convention, uh, and not hype it up so that people are like, why are you telling me about a show I can't go to? The, uh, the Conversely, on the streaming thing is, we know that people wait all year for Comic-Con, and we want to make sure the experience that they have is unique to them. Now, does that mean that in the future there 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 won't be delayed streaming? No, I I think all that is open. It's something we still discuss. Um, you know, there's a lot having to do with bandwidth and a lot having to do with a lot of different things that 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 play into this. But um, it's a discussion that we continue having. We want to make sure that we don't take away from the experience of people who actually attend. And sadly, right now there are more people who want to attend the show. Than can, as you know, uh, but um, I don't think we would use that for a promotional thing. But uh, if we ever did do streaming, it would be as a as a benefit to attendees, or like the video on demand service uh, for something that somebody wants to see who may not be able to to attend. Well, I'm looking forward to the original content as well, and um, I'm certainly. I think what, what's exciting me about it is I think you've mentioned this in an interview before that it uh, takes. Uh, the Comic Con International experience from that one week in July, and makes it a year-round um, uh, experience, and I, I, I'm very excited about that. And also, if you are looking for uh, an international correspondent as well, I'm uh, more than willing to. Do put you know my somebody? Name into that. I, I, I'm certain I could find someone who would be able to put their name into the hat for that. Awesome. I, one of the things I'm very excited about is 
<clears throat> pardon me, the, the, the possibility of expanding the, the film festival that we have. We're in, I don't know what year, uh, double digits now, I think, of our film festival. And <clears throat> pardon me, for the most part, it's been a, I don't want to say a closed film festival, but our advertising and submissions for the film festival really has been specifically on our website. Um, this, Lionsgate's very interested in our film festival as well, and the possibility is to to exist that we might be able to open that up even more, uh, get even more exciting films, and then maybe screen some of those films on the site. Um, and, you know, having uh, Lionsgate as a partner you know, maybe uh, that will help some filmmakers as well as is make is to making some inroads. So, you know, again, everything is still pretty much up in the air. But I think, uh, with, the, I think with the film festival as well, it's it's very difficult for attendees to actually see too many of the films purely because of the the wealth of content that's on display in San Diego. They can't actually make it to a number of the screenings. So I think the 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 online to to make it available online, I think is is an interesting. Yes, I'm very excited. About it, I I tend to disagree a little bit as, as, you know, I hesitate to say this, but I tend to think that while, while I understand not wanting to hype uh, hype the, the San Diego ticket <coughs> and the whole process, hype that as a promotional aspect of having the video, doing the video, broadcasting the video, but I tend to think that if, if it was broadcast, that more people would feel like they were part of the cult, part of the panel, as opposed to it taking away from the individual uh, attendee of the panel. Um, yeah, I think you know. Originally, when you brought up your statement, you had said you mentioned promotion and people wanting to go. And I think you know. And again, it's not. I'm not saying that's not a good thing. That's not a viable thing. It's something that that would not be the reason we would do that. Um, right. That doesn't say that, um, and again, I think, you know, as, as Leonard had mentioned, especially with the film festival, I think allowing more people to access that stuff meets our mission statement. It allows people to to exactly. partake in, in some of that stuff. Um, but, you know, I remember when um, Lucasfilm announced the title of um, the, the, the one of the Star Wars films, and if it was live-streamed, which would be great um, for fans outside the building... But one of the great things about all those people inside was they were all, you know, tweeting and, and social messaging. And I remember this poor gentleman from Brazil, I think, running to the press desk and saying, they just announced the title. And I said, yeah, I heard. He's all, my phone died. You know, and the, and, the, and at the time, they, I think the center, I don't know if it still does, had, you know, uh, what's it called, uh, pay phones. <clears throat> but he couldn't make an international call. He's all, you know, I have to tell my outlet, you know, and I uh, let him use my phone, which because of Comic-Con had turned on international uh, dialing for that week. Um, and it was just great because it it came from that one area. All those people who were in that room were the first people in the world to hear that, and it went out. <clears throat> Pardon me. I think it's a great thing to be able to have that simulcast, but I think it takes the unique camaraderiness, if that's not a word, I know it's not, um, of those people who waited in line to get in that room. But again, maybe it's on delay. Maybe it's on, you know, um, and they can still share the excitement, but uh, maybe at a different time. Or maybe it will be streamed. Again, I don't know. It's something that we continue to discuss, and nothing is is certainly ever off the table. Okay. Um, I think we've got, I mean, we've been... uh, 
yammering on for quite some time. And we do have a number of questions from Q&A. Do you have any uh, questions from the forum that you would like to put first, Alyssa? Um, not off the top of my head. I'll come up with one in a moment. <laughs> okay. Well, in that I can imagine there's a whole pile of them. Let's uh, start with uh, let's start with a number of uh, questions that have come in from the uh, the the, the Q and A this evening, or this uh, this afternoon, this morning, wherever you're watching. Thank this you. This morning, this afternoon, and evening, yeah. apparently. How okay, many time one, zones are we in? Every single one of them. <clears throat> I can imagine every single one of them. Okay, uh, let's uh, go through one or two of these then. Um, let's start at the top. Uh, this is from Kitty Gunn. Um, in terms of conflict with events such as Nerd HQ and the Nerdist in uh, terms of the panels at uh, Comic-Con, um, when do you start hearing about that kind of uh, conflict? And do they, I can imagine people kind of work from the CCI panels and then work out their availability to the other events. We have good dialogue with some companies, and we don't have much dialogue with others. So it really depends. Um, <clears throat> those that work with us and that we work with, you know, it's, it's again, a year-long thing and uh, coordinated. And, you know, um, you know, last year we had the um, uh, Ashley Eckstein's um, fashion show, sure. which we had talked about uh, for a while. And it was truly an off-site event that, you know, uh, we – didn't produce or have anything to do with, but she kept us in such uh, good communication with us that, <clears throat> pardon me, that we were able to um, work together and, and help her promote that. And I think, uh, uh, without confirming or denying whether they'll be back, although I think she's already mentioned that they would, uh, stuff like that is really great. I think it really helps us to be able to uh, let fans and attendees know all the stuff that's going on and uh, take part in it. So, especially in Ashley's uh, situation, it's a continual, you know. Uh, and the Nerdist, you know, Chris and the gang over at Nerdist are, you know, are awesome, and and we we talk with them, you know, all the time. So it it just depends. Excellent. Okay, thank you very much indeed for your question, Kitty. Um, a question is coming from Mel Shaw. Um, what is the deadline for the 2017 contract? Do you, uh, have I mean? I that's a that's a that. really really great question and and there is no <laughs> it really is and there's believe it or not there's no deadline per se but if there is a deadline it probably would have been uh, a year ago wow, so absolutely. that's that's how how wonky things are to be honest with you okay Alyssa no I I just was uh, commenting on the a year ago. Okay. It's true, and it's a scary thing, and I think that it will, you know, I think the gravity of the hotel situation is 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 is, is something that I think we really want fans and attendees to know that it's not something that we're not <clears throat> we're not trying to make more money. We're not trying to make the city, you know, bend over backwards or any kind of the stuff. We want to make sure that our our attendees are very important to us. Without our attendees, we have no show. <clears throat> Pardon me. They've been with us from the beginning. You know, they they continue to support us. We we they let us know when when we drop the ball, and they should because there's no way to fix a problem if you don't know it exists. So we're actually very grateful for that. Um, but they need to be taken care of too. I mean, you know, you have to make sure that uh, they can attend the show. And so this is one of the 
the big things. And yeah, it's, I would say if there was a deadline, it was probably a year ago. So that's how far behind we are. Is, is there anything that San Diego, uh, the mayor's office, for example, can, can, uh, the, do to help the, the mayor has been very, very, well, it's interesting. The mayor has been very proactive and actually the mayor has been very, very personally involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so hold on one second. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I hope, I hope that's, is that, is that muting? When I call? No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> is it not muting? It's not muting. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Um, here I thought I was like, you know, I, I thought I had a little cough button. Uh, my apologies to everybody. Um, the mayor's worked very hard in the city as well, but you know, you can't, you can't make people do stuff they don't want to do. Uh, I think you can tell, you know, the hotels that, you know, look, if, uh, if we, if we can't come to an agreement and, you know, Comic Con starts hearing that their attendees aren't happy with, you know, the hotel room rates and they start to, you know, not buy badges, then they're going to leave. But, uh, you know, I think some of the hotels don't necessarily believe that. And again, I think when you have somebody saying, ah, Comic Con's not going to leave over a few dollars here or there, you know, that's kind of an infuriating comment. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a question that's come in from uh, Michael Leventhal, um, who's saying, uh, thank you very much indeed for addressing the, hotel, the, the hotels. They really do take up almost half the expenses for the show, especially for a downtown room. I'm sure there are hotels on each side of the discussion. When negotiating, is it an all-on-nothing negotiation, or is it based on a majority of the hotels? Uh, that's a really great question. It's, it, 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 here's my fear. You have a hotel, and each hotel offers different room blocks, and you know, and, and each contract is made individually, so it's not an all or nothing. It really is individual. My fear, though, is if you have a couple of hotels say, oh, you know what, we're going to reduce our room block, we're going to increase our prices. Next time we come up for negotiations, if I'm one of the hotels that didn't reduce my room block and didn't increase my prices, I'm going to say to myself, wow, Comic-Con was able to survive, and my neighbor here was able to get more hotel rooms at a higher rate, and the hotels that he did give up were also at a higher rate. Why aren't I doing that? I think that's a – I would ask that. And I think if that happens, then you have a domino principle where everybody says, hey, you know what, you know. So that's and then things, then things start getting very awkward. Uh, right. And indeed, uh, there's the possibility, like you say, that thing, you know, the, the, <laughs> the ultimate could happen. At which point, uh, Janine LeCaro has asked, uh, I think, a very good question. Um, I've heard that Los Angeles and Anaheim have approached CCI. Um, how, are there any other cities that are courting CCI in case Comic-Con moves? There are always cities that say, hey, you know, we're still here. This is what we have. We're kept abreast. It's a, it's a year-long process. So, yeah, there are some other cities. But but uh, both Anaheim and Los Angeles have been very, very uh, diligent. And, yeah, yeah, forthright. And, and, and putting together proposals and ideas and suggestions and things of that nature and, and uh, you know, letting us know their facilities. And both of them, uh, to address uh, Alyssa's uh, point, you know, talk about the outside uh, venues and activities that they have. Um, so it's it's a constant dialogue with them, and you know, Alyssa, you're absolutely right with WonderCon. You know, um, they used to that 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 plaza area in front now used to be a, a street, if you remember, that would go to the Marriott or the Hilton. They paved that over a couple of years ago, and that's wonderful. It's a great place for the food trucks and for people to gather and 
And, you know, um, Los Angeles has the L.A. Live area with a huge area there, uh, a function area, and uh, there's some really interesting stuff with both facilities. So, yeah, they, they do keep us abreast of that. I can only imagine at Christmas time the amount of fruit baskets you get from various uh, cities' uh, tourism offices. I could, they must fill up a good room at your house um, easily. Some of, some of them, we, we, get, we get a couple of uh, oranges and stuff like that uh, sometimes. I think, uh, I think everybody is so, and, you know, I have to tell you, it gets so busy that uh, I, I, they, they treat us very nicely. They're always making sure that we're aware that they're there. <laughs> and we're grateful for that. Um, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw, but, you know, when, when we announced, uh, Alyssa brought up, you know, uh, WonderCon moving to Los Angeles, which is something that, you know, we, again, a dates issue. Uh, but wow, the mayor issued a, a comment in, in response to that. That was like wow, very very nice, very supportive, and so we're we're appreciative of that. Uh, any comments or questions from the forum, uh, Lisa? Um, I most most of the questions have been covered. To be honest with you, um, talking about the online video channel. Um, and addressing the archive issue, um, the subscription models that might be uh, discussed. Um, the, uh, uh, that's, well, I suppose that's, that's a good question. What, ha- what has been discussed in terms of how people can see the, uh, the Lionsgate content and the, the things that you've <coughs> I'm, 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 I'm embarrassed to say this, but I will tell your viewers that I'm not the most tech-savvy person as both Leonard and Alyssa will attest to, and and my apologies for the reason we are you know a few minutes late this morning uh, was totally my my fault. Um, but uh, there are, and it's been explained to me uh, how this will potentially work. Sounds really cool to me. Could I could I explain to you how it's going to work? I have no idea. Uh, it's you know it's 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 some of it is it's. it's it's very fascinating. It'll be very easy. In theory, it will be available on a variety of different platforms. Um, and uh, I've seen some stuff that they put together that you know is, is pretty pretty fun. Cool. Um, I, I do have been, a question. Oh, sorry. Go on then. No, no. I'm, I'm I'm kind of collating the questions from the Q and A, and also uh, which we've been getting throughout the week uh, to put to you. Uh, this question throughout is the week. From- Oh, oh my yes. gosh, how many questions oh, do you yes. have? Oh, don't worry. Like I say, I think we've pretty much covered most of the topics okay. uh, in the conversation. But uh, this is a question that's come in from Carving Livingston, uh, Carmen Livingston, um, asking about uh, disabled services uh, with registering for a disability badge and any new changes to the policy this year. I will be applying for disability this year, and I was wondering if you could uh, talk about it. I, you know, I'm not I'm not aware of any changes that we have a, a, a pretty good disability uh, program. I'll make sure you go to the website and uh, you know find out information from there. Uh, if you have specific questions about uh, the disability program and deaf and disabled services, uh, by all means send uh, uh, an email to us using our contact form. Uh, we're very proactive in that regard. We have a great team. Uh, in uh, to save, uh, deaf and disabled services. So by all means, you know, if you have something specific uh, or even how to, uh, please let us, you know, ask us and, and we'll get back to you for sure. Okay. Um, like I say, questions from the uh, Q&A. Uh, this is from Carol Hansen. Um, ever considered doing Comic-Con twice a year as a way to resolve the demand resources issue? You know what, that's really, hey, really I'm, good. I'm just no, asking no, 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 no. Carol, that's a great question. Um <laughs> Uh, uh, 
the 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 simple answer is uh, yes. Actually, it's been discussed, but it's a very different uh, calendar in 2015 than it was in say 19 in 2000 even. Uh, there are so many conventions on the calendar now. So even with like WonderCon, that our, our sister show, uh, we have to worry about. We try to worry about uh, where it falls in relationship to other conventions because not only do you not you don't want to put out attendees, but you have to be careful of exhibitors as well because exhibitors may not go to your show if there's a, a show that same weekend. So I don't know how many other dates on the calendar there are. Um, and then the idea would be: is there space in San Diego uh, for another five-day show? And then, of course. Uh, would we be able to, the staff be able to do another show? Uh, we, you know, we may all just, you know, they may take us out and, you know, never hear from us again. The staff may just revolt. I don't know. But it's been discussed and I think, I think the idea is not so much another show in San Diego, but I think, you know, uh, with WonderCon, uh, it's, it's a nice show. I think we had 60,000 people last year. Um, you know, we used to have a third show, Ape, which went back to Dan Votto. So, you know, in theory, we've done three shows before. Um, you know, it's, uh, uh, they'll probably kill me for saying this, but, I, you know, we might be able to do the three shows again. I don't know. <laughs> I can only imagine you get the, the pallor drawing from your face. <laughs> you know what, it's really, I have to tell you, and this is really honestly the truth, and it's going to sound cheesy. You know, it's hard work to do. I mean, <clears throat> you guys attend shows, you know, you get to see the, the kind of the nuts and the bolts and, 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 and the behind the scene, behind the scenes stuff that isn't always fun for everybody. You know, it isn't even really the work so much that's, that's a challenge. It's making sure that you put on an event that the fans are going to enjoy. Because I gotta tell you, to Carol and everybody else, the worst thing in the world would be to mount a show just to alleviate congestion and then have that show kind of not, kind of be lame. And and overriding that is not what we want to do. We want to make sure that we know that it's not cheap to do these shows, not cheap to attend and to get a hotel and a badge and all that. We want to make sure that that the experience that the fans and the attendees has is is the best that they possibly can. So that's really an overriding factor, also. Okay, let's go through a couple more questions. This is from um, uh, let's go Fernando. Uh, very quickly to go back to the uh, the hotels. Real quick question: um, What can we do? as attendees to help you communicate to San Diego hotels, uh, attendees want a larger reg reservation block or more affordable rooms. Is there any way that we can help? Um, that's a great question, Fernando. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to give anybody's email address out and say, you know, bombard <laughs> them, but uh, maybe a note to um, Maybe a note to the mayor's office or something. And, and, and I should say that the mayor is on our side. But maybe the mayor can present, you know, some of the stuff to some of the hotels and say, look, you know, people are, are complaining. Um, and, you know, and I, I would be really, if, if anybody sent any emails, I'd be very cordial, you know, and just say, you know, these are our concerns. But, I, you know, be nice because everybody's <laughs> trying to work. Maybe we could find a volunteer to start an online petition. To the city of San Diego? Yeah, I, uh, maybe, you know, I think, uh, I you're don't not, know. You're not going to back that publicly, are you? Well, the, the, the truth of the matter is, I, you know, I don't want to piss anybody else off either. Because we are negotiating it. And the truth of the matter is, 
I don't think there are bad people in this. I think there are people who are looking at ways to make sure that they're taking care of their interests. And you can't blame them for that. And and I have to tell you, even some of these hotels now that are, are talking about reduced room blocks or increased rates have been great partners in the past, and, and we hope they'll be great partners in the future. So I don't want to do anything that would, you know, aggravate them. So I think to Fernando, I'd say maybe, maybe you know, if you want to write just a, an email that says, you know, we want San Diego, Comic-Con to stay in San Diego, you know, um, you know, we appreciate you working on helping to keep the hotel rates low or something like that for now. I mean, I, I'm afraid of doing, like, a call to action. But, Fernando, I really, really appreciate your willingness to see how it is that you can help because it, it means a lot. We're all going to be in San Diego in July. If you want to head to the Hall H tent line <laughs> on uh, Tuesday night, um, I'll be handing out pitchforks and flaming <laughs> uh We'll, we'll organize something. <clears throat> I'm making a note right now. <laughs> Sultana, TSA, pitchforks, and torches. I do, I do have a question about programming. Um, since the, the, the board is close to uh, coming into to being uh, with all of its post-it notes, it ha- is there a coordinated effort again this year to put back-to-back or side-by-each in different rooms, the two panels that everybody wants to go to. Like, <laughs> going to do that again this year? Well, um, I'll, be, I'll be very honest with you. It's, it's, there's so many different factors. And, and chief among them are, let's say there's a big Star Wars panel and let's say there's a big Star Trek panel. Mm-hmm. So if uh, I shouldn't use Star Wars, let's say there's a big <laughs> movie A panel and movie B panel, and these are two of the biggest things. And uh, the studios say, "Hey, we've secured cast, and they're available on Saturday at two o'clock." And both of these people say that. You got to say, "Okay, well, you know, do we say no to one and yes to another, or do we try to accommodate them the best we can?" So that, uh, there's a variety of reasons why that ends up happening, and sometimes it's totally out of control. Um, you know, we 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 try to uh, plan the day in each room so that it has a certain flow, but also, and I don't envy the programming department because they also have to work with schedules. And you know, a, a production may be filming, and they say, "Look, we can't we can't leave set until 6 p.m. the night before." And so we have to be first in the room, and then we have to be out by, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So that's why you'll see some stuff kind of, like, back-to-back or, you know, right after another. But also, um, it gives people, you know, I mean, we all want to see what we want to see, but it it diversifies the crowd, too. So that's kind of a side benefit and fault, (laughs) if you will. Okay. So you're talking about the, um, the, the, the Alyssa was asking about the, uh, the the panels and the programming there, and obviously I can imagine there is a cork board with post-its on it. How close are you now to actually putting ink and black ink instead of a post-it? It's always in pencil, and I'll tell you why. And it really <laughs> is true. It's because things will change on the fly. Um, I would say a majority of the stuff will be fine, but, um, you know... Uh, the programming department is great in giving me, you know, a heads up on stuff as it happens. 
but invariably before I talk to anybody, if I have to talk to somebody for planning purposes on a panel or presentation that's going to happen, you know, I'll run over to Eddie and say, Eddie, you know, uh, is this still, and he's like, no, 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 there's a revise. So, you know, it's, uh, while they keep me very well up to date, it can change in the course of a day. It can change several times in the course of a day. So it's all in pencil right now. Okay. Fair enough. Well, I mean, I, I suppose the, the three final things between now, I mean, obviously, all the studios have got their noise and all their uh, announcements to go off and whatever. But from CCI, I suppose the final three things now to be announced are the exclusive list, uh, the souvenir book cover, which I'm extremely excited about, and the T-shirts. Can we tease from you uh, when we can possibly see any of those? No. <laughs> and the only reason I the only reason I say that is because actually I believe if you do some little investigative stuff on our website, you may have actually have gotten a sneak peek of the souvenir cover Ooh. about three weeks ago. It was okay. very quiet, but I think it's still on there and it's an amazing cover. Um and the T shirts This is this is uh, where our viewing count suddenly as everyone just disappears <laughs> off. To, uh, well, it's, it's a nice guy. Well, they'll come back. Um, uh, as far as the T-shirts, um, I don't know. There's still some discussions about the T-shirts. I saw the T-shirts. I really like it. Uh, but uh, there's some discussions about that, so we really don't know. It's, it's like uh, I can't juggle to save my life, but it's like there's so many balls up in the air right now that uh, at any time anything could happen, and then uh, we'll let people know as, you know, it gets solidified. But right now there's still, oddly enough, a lot of things that are, are rather nebulous and, and, and not even finally decided. Yeah, well, uh, you do have to top the Sandman uh, one from 2013, which is my personal favorite. Um, very, very cool one, right? I, I, and, I know, yeah. and, of, and, of course, there's the, uh, the Steampunk Toucan in the background, which <laughs> yes, is yes, yes, yes. personal favorite favorite. as well. <laughs> yeah. So no, looking forward to those. Excellent stuff indeed. Any last questions from the forum, Melissa? I think I've pretty much covered everyone from the uh, Q and A. Um. Uh. No. We're, we're I, think, I think I think we're all good. I think we're all I good. have one question. Sure. So it's a, a cup of tea, right? Yes. With the Englishman of San Diego. Yes. Where's your cup of tea? Okay, good. Okay, okay. I think I saw Alyssa earlier drinking a little bit, and uh, perfect. And, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm a little, a little bit jealous of Alyssa's because she also has a common con cup. But I think that, has she got a name on it or something? Oh no, yours. Yours the one with the name on it. Mine. Yeah, I think, didn't you? Yes, yes. I think I have my name on it. Yes. Oh, well, Alyssa, okay. Alyssa. I'll, 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 I'll get a um, some white <laughs> white marker or something. And this is this, this is mine. Okay. You send yes. it back to me, and I'll chisel it in. Can't guarantee it won't break, but I can give it a go. Thank you. I was mid-sip then. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> excellent. David, thank you very much indeed for your time. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and I hope everyone really has enjoyed uh, your time. Stick around, everyone. We are going to be uh, talking once we've uh, finally said goodbye. But, David... Oh, my gosh. Should, for... I, should, I, should I listen in on what you guys say? Listen... No. You, if you want to stick around, you're more than welcome. But we are going to be covering the Comic Con news for the last seven days. But uh, well, I, you know, I appreciate uh, the invitation. It's always a pleasure to speak to both of you. You know, I, I love you guys. You guys are so much fun, and 
always been very, very uh, generous to us and, and, and our attendees. And uh, my apologies again for broadcasting from my little cubby hole here, but uh, I have chores to do today, and hopefully we'll get them all done so that, uh, you know, I'm not so frazzled at Comic-Con. Ha! But uh, when, <laughs> when do you all come in? When all do you come into San Diego? I, maybe we should say this offline. No, but, sure. uh, well, I'm coming in on uh, Monday evening. Uh, at which point I will then be running around, uh, get myself slightly trying to shake off the jet lag on Tuesday, and then straight into it. Uh, Alyssa? Uh, I'll be coming in uh, to San Diego on the 4th of July during the day. Um, I think I'm going to take a couple of days up with my relatives in L.A. and then drive oh, down on Monday, too. So I, we're really want, I, great. I really wanted to come in on 4th of July. I've only experienced one 4th of July um, on my uh, California trips. Admittedly, I can't remember much of it because, yes, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it a lot. Uh, But I wanted to uh, experience San Diego 4th of July, and unfortunately the the flights coming in uh, international on the 4th of July weekend, as you can imagine, are just astronomical. So, no, have yourself a great 4th of July, but we're not there yet. As so, an editor, if I could do one quick follow-up question. <laughs> Speaking of the 4th of July, I know a lot of people who are flying, David, have found that ticket plane flights over that particular weekend and the 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th have been rather expensive. So if there's any way next year you can schedule it not right after the 4th, please, <laughs> we would love to, you know, one, and, and that's actually a great question because the, the truth of the matter is we're at the, um, we're at the, I don't want to say whim because it's, it's not really a whim. There, there are other factors that go into the convention center books throughout the year and they, they try to keep us in July, but we've been as early as late June and as late as early August. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it can fluctuate a lot. Um, you know, the San Diego Gay Pride, which is a huge event in San Diego, switches with us. So if if we get a date, if the convention center gives us a date, they will have it either after us or before us, depending upon where the convention center puts us. So it even impacts them. And I think that, you know, we would love not to be on the fourth weekend, but we've actually – it's really – we have not very much say in it, sadly. We're grateful that they keep us in July, so – but I, I, I will let the, the powers that be know. <laughs> Just because in addition to the hotel expenses, plane costs for, for those of us that actually travel by plane are right. expensive. Right. No, no, no. David, thank you very much indeed for your time, sir, and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank you very much. You too, guys. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> thank okay. you. Have a nice night, day. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent stuff. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, that was David Glanzer from CCI. Um, yeah, I think we covered pretty much every, everything that we uh, wanted to. Uh, I would also recommend as well uh, two things. Number one, Kerry from the uh, unofficial blog is watching. Thank you very much indeed for joining us, Kerry. She's actually put a link on the uh, q and I'll also try and tweet it out while we're talking about the souvenir cover. Yes, it's uh, the spirit. Uh, so looking forward to that. Also, do check out the uh, conversation that she and the uh, CCI blog, uh, the um, STCC blog, uh, took on Tuesday. I think the two conversations uh, complement each other very well. So 
Brilliant. Thank you very much indeed. Right. Um, quick competition, competition reminder. If you are wanting to win uh, the Rocky uh, tea that is currently available on the DartBunnyTeas.com website, you have, what, 20 minutes or so to get your answers in. Uh, we're looking for the answer to the question, which legendary actor played Mickey in the Rocky films? Okay. You can tweet that either directly to me, but we're looking for the hashtag Rocky T giveaway. So that's R O C K Y T W E takeaway. Okay. You send that as a tweet. We'll pay attention to Twitter. If you want to win that t shirt, um, we, it's totally free of charge. All you have to do is just pick up your phone. And, uh, so I enter that. So who, which legendary, legendary actor played Mickey in the Rocky films? Right. And we'll announce that before the end of the hangout. Okay, um, the news from this week. Um, I'll go through the headlines. Um, Just to dovetail on to the the, uh, suggestion to watch the San Diego, uh, the blogs. Conversation. The conversation. Thank you guys for bearing with me. Also, watch the Mike Armstrong. Um, I think that uh, with Reed Pop, I think that was brilliant. And it gives a completely different perspective on uh, you've got the Comic-Con International's um, uh, nonprofit uh, perspective on doing one huge con per year versus the commercial uh, aspect of Reed Pop's uh, multinational organization that's doing shows in Singapore and London and uh, and and putting on New York Comic Con uh, in October and what what that's involved and uh, just it, he he was very very outspoken and, and forthcoming with uh, his what they're planning on doing and and the read pop way so I, I would encourage people to watch that. It was, a, it was a fun conversation. I really yeah. enjoyed um, uh, uh, taking that, even though my background did collapse halfway through the, uh, the whole and, thing. And you didn't talk much. <laughs> you know what? I'm yeah. I'm. I, I know that I am more than willing to have a bit of a motor mouth on me, but it's tough. It says it's got my name on the title. I'm allowed. Anyway, right. There you go. <laughs> okay, so let's very quickly cover the the last seven days then i think the big news actually came the day after last week's hangout it was the first thing of the day, of the week and it wasn't our panel this was a uh, confirmation of a massive panel that is returning to comic-con which is of course oh. doctor who on thursday um now if we work on the math that was provided by the conman producer uh, in his q a which he took part in his um thing is happening at quarter to four, which means if you look at about an hour's worth of a panel for Doctor Who, you're looking around two o'clock to half past two. So that's a a lot of people have obviously been rather excited. A lot of people have been a little bit confused and befuddled by the fact that it's moving away from what has been traditionally called a Sunday uh, event for Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's uh, that that's taken place. Um, It's... I absolutely, I'm going to have to uh, bring it up because it's uh, an absolutely stunning quote from um, uh, 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 Peter Capaldi, who is going to be in um, attendance along with Stephen Moffat and also um, another uh, a couple of other uh, cast members as well. Um, it, it was a gorgeous quote that he came up with, um, basically 
uh, extolling the virtues. Uh, this is it. Tales from San Diego Comic-Con are told in, told in awe on every set around the known fantasy sci-fi production world. It's become a fabled kingdom, one I am thrilled to find myself heading for and to appear in the legendary Hall H is a further twist to the cosplay and co- cosmic, uh, comic madness that I may never recover from. I think that's... Wow. I mean, at least Peter Capaldi. I mean, I wasn't expecting anything less, but great quote. So there you go. Um, Doctor Who. Any Doctor Who fans um, excited about that? Jump in on the Q&A, let us know. And also, are you going to be in the queue on preview night? <laughs> this is where I seem to think that perhaps that Stephen Moffat... Um, who is still smarting from the social media um, release of the panel back in 2013. I'm just wondering if he's just deliberately screwing with our preview night plans. So we can't get too uh, enthusiastic on preview night because we're going to get straight into the line. So, yeah. I was just taking a look at what else was in Hall H. Um, what was in Hall H last year, and it was the DreamWorks Animation, The Giver, Paramount Pictures, Entertainment Weekly, The Visionaries, and Batman 66. So, where is DreamWorks and Paramount going to land if they're not on Thursday? Sure. You know? I I, I found it very... I mean, that was a weird panel to start with. I mean, it's been discussed Uh in various places. The the Uh whole um, uh, Paramount uh, panel, if anything, because they just didn't let any slip... No, number one, that um, Matthew McConaughey was going to be there, and then to have Christopher, uh, Chris, did I nearly say Christopher Walken? Christopher Nolan walk out. Uh, if Christopher Walken showed up, good God, yes, please. Yeah, I'll have some of that. Um, so, yeah, uh, it seems very television orientated to the panels in Hall H on Thursday this year. Mm-hmm. Con Man in the middle, Doctor Who at one end, and Con Man have already, the producer has already turned around and said the magic word Marvel, which we're mm-hmm. suspecting is going to be um, Marvel TV. So mm-hmm. we're looking at all the uh, the Netflix stuff and also possibly Agent Carter, whatever. Could be kind of uh, a way of Marvel Studios doing a similar thing to what DC did, um, mm-hmm. what Warner Brothers did on the Saturday. Um, so that could be interesting. I'm also very curious to see if Warner Brothers are going to do that again, purely because it ended up being such a long day in Hall H. It was just... That was a marathon. Uh, if, I mean, I, t- I tapped out after Marvel Studios. Mm-hmm. Anyone who stayed for the Warner Brothers panel, fair play and salute to you. Good God. So, yeah, that's uh, some of the big news uh, in terms of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, the new... I mean, it, it all happened on Monday. It all <laughs> happened on Monday. Because we had that, we had uh, the news of our panel. Uh, Tony Kim is organising a... Wrath of Con Bloggers panel, which is going to be consisting of him. It's going to consist as moderator. Uh, and as the guests, you've also got um, Megan Gotch from the Nerdy Girly. You've got Alyssa from the uh, Friends of uh, CCI Forum. And some bloke from across the seas who is going to be probably <laughs> gaffetate down by the other two uh, panel guests. <laughs> I'll try my best to keep myself controlled. I really will. But no, I'm excited about it. So that's happening on Thursday as well. So, um, I think the other big news that happened on Monday, and I'm certain there's going to be a number of comments from Alyssa from the forum, Nerd HQ finally got finalised in terms of its uh, location, which is going to be the New Children's um, Museum, which is directly opposite the Marriott Marquis 
um, hotel on the uh, opposite side of the tracks. I've been past this uh, venue. Uh, we actually walked past it on the Sunday uh, when we were just wandering around after the con, myself and uh, my wife, Caroline. And there was a party going on in that particular location. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's glass roofed as well. So lots of open air light. It's a stunning location. And they, I don't think they could have chosen a better location for it. It's certainly a little bit smaller than the Petco thing, as far as I'm aware. So there may be a bit of a more constrained size when it comes to the panels. Uh, I'm going to have to do a little bit more research into the, the room sizes. They do at weddings and corporate events. So there is some space there, but um, it may turn back into a slightly more intimate surrounding um, as uh, we saw back when it first came to San Diego. What's been the, uh, the comments about Nerd HQ on the forum? Um, just reading, uh, reading up on it since I usually, as longtime viewers will know, I usually don't get out of the convention center. Uh, <laughs> I haven't really been paying much attention to it. However, what a lot of people are saying dovetails with you is that it's smaller. It's going to be harder to get into, um, and crowd control. Sure. Uh, it, it's I, mean, going to be- I just had a message through from a, a viewer saying that uh, NetHQ is going to be losing about a third of the seats for panels this year. It's going to be at least a hundred less. Wow, that's going to be um, a, a tight squeeze. So, yeah, best of luck if you are up for that. I mean, I know that a number of people were talking about uh, NetHQ as an alternative to panels for Comic Con when they're that small. It's not really an alternative. You really are going to be, it's a rarefied few that get into those panels. So fingers crossed. Best of luck. But I believe the um, app gets released. I'm going to have to refer to my notes on this one. Um, I believe the app comes out in about two weeks' time. Um, and this is all being organized via their um, uh, association with IGN. Um, which, I mean, the, the panel, the, the, the app was really... Um, cool last year but it very much was a case of uh, everyone was kind of glued to their phones uh, to keep an eye on when the panels got announced so mm-hmm. that's the HQ is, is didn't they, they they sell tickets right they do but what they do is they sell tickets for the panels uh, right. this is uh, raising money for um, the chosen charity of conversations for a cause well it's the conversations for a cause it's the panels no, right. and, yeah, the uh, charity is Operation Smile which is a very, very worthwhile cause. Didn't they have a lot the of actual problems? Nerd, the actual Nerd HQ itself is free. Didn't they have a lot of problems with their ticket sales last year? I'm seeming to re- I recall that. Um, I think it was more just the uh, the storming of the gates from fans. Well, that's uh, what I mean. That's what, exactly. I mean, like like all things con, a lot of people uh, are, were trying to desperately to get their tickets early. Uh, you know, when they first opened up. And I think they, they only, if I recall correctly, they announced it like a day or two beforehand. And oh, yeah, they, 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 they announced pretty much while the con was happening. It's, yeah. yeah. So. Very much, yeah. I think they very, very much would like you to go along and experience Nerd HQ as an event itself in itself. So mm. um, very curious. I mean, it, like I say, it's a gorgeous venue and lots of little individual rooms. Uh, so it's, it shapes up very nicely. Um, we've got Shah Allen on the Q&A, uh, who's turned around and said, I'm very excited about the Doctor Who panel. I fly in on the, from the UK on Wednesday at 6pm. <laughs> Too much jet lag to camp, I think. 
you are in for um, a shock anyway. I think it's. I think the uh, the Thursday generally is going to be uh, um, a bit of a culture shock for you. Best of luck for you. Um, Carol Hansen is jumping in and saying the sales process for Nerd HQ panels was good, but they do sell out in seconds, which is completely understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nerd HQ app comes out on the twelfth of next month. So yeah, two weeks time. Uh, thank you much indeed for Carol on that one. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Um, Carol Hansen Children's uh, Museum has 200 seats. Petco had 250 to 300. So that kind of confirms uh, what we were talking about there. Okay. Um, other news that came up this week. Um, from the uh, unofficial blog, um, who, who do very much, they, there's a couple of their uh, writers that very much cover and keep an eye on the TV stuff, uh, very much noting, noting that Hannibal is going to be returning to uh, uh, Comic-Con this year. Obviously, we may be uh, seeing a couple of, uh, a, a, well, an X-Files crossover cast member, uh, so she's going to be in town anyway. Um, but a lot of people obviously excited about the, the cast, Hannibal is a series which, uh, certainly in the UK, hasn't really kind of landed. But I know in the States, it's certainly a popular show. Do you do you watch Alyssa? I don't watch it. No, I, there's too many other shows. I don't. It's I've got. I think I have like two, one or two seasons stacked up on my TiVo because I know I should watch it because I know that I would probably enjoy it. However, I don't. I'm bad. <laughs> So. No, I, I, I saw the first six episodes and then everything else came out, and at which point yeah. I just got lost. So, yeah, oh, I didn't get lost. I mean, that program has been and gone. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, like Penny Dreadful, Big Mouth. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've been mostly following, uh, trying to take a look at and keep abreast of the exclusives this week. Um, that's That's been my, my big thing to, to follow. Well, I suppose that's the, the, the next thing we can talk about, the exclusives. Which exclusives have been jumping out on the forum over the last seven days? Um, getting ready for the Maddie sale. And they're, they're, they recently announced a Hot Wheels uh, trifecta, and I'm trying to find the, the link for that. But that one, to my mind, looks, looks brilliant. There's also, um, that will be... Um, we're hoping that that will be available in the Maddie sale for those that have pre-registered for it. There's also a Krypton dog, which looks absolutely spectacular, <laughs> um, which is Mobius Models uh, is doing that. And I think that that can be pre-ordered too. Uh, I'll, I'll put a, I'll see if I can grab the, the image URL and put it up for, for people uh, just to, to take a look at it. There's been so many. I mean, I, I know that the a lot of noise was uh, made about the uh, the Saturday Night Live, uh, the weekend update, the yeah. uh, Tifa uh Amy Poehler, uh, Entertainment Earth um, mm-hmm. figures, oh. uh, which are coming out. Now, this is yeah. where we were talking. We were talking about this when we were planning this hangout, at which point I mentioned I just said the words Entertainment Earth and your face just dropped. Oh, I. I have a real problem with Entertainment Earth because every time I get an exclusive from them, it seems like they always have it for sale after the con. It's not an exclusive. You know, it's you're paying for the little sticker. And I have a real problem paying for the little sticker. 
I don't want to do that. I would just as soon order it from home if I want the item, have it be shipped to me and not have to mess with the lines at con or ship carrying it home in my luggage. So, and it seems like most of entertainment or stuff is that way. Um, I like some of their stuff. I think last year they had a Godzilla bank, which I absolutely have in my living room. My husband lets me put it in my living room. <laughs> this is so, so yeah, but no, I'm not going to go for any of the, um, the Tina Fey, those, those two dolls. They didn't, I'm not a huge San Diego, um, uh, I'm not a huge SNL. fan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I I thought they looked cute. I thought they I thought they were look they, they looked funny enough. Um. I'm, yeah. Looking forward but, to kid robot. Sure. Stuff. Sure. And I think we're, I'm I'm still waiting on Funko. I'm still waiting on all sorts of uh, <laughs> fun and noise. Um. Don't forget next week is going to be a special one of our hangouts. It's going to be a um. Uh, STCC toolkit episode, and we're going to be talking about collectives. Please, right, everybody, everybody now, everyone, just cross your fingers and repeat, <laughs> repeat after me. Please let the special guests pan out. <laughs> oh, got, please, oh, right. That one, yes. I'm, I'm not, no, no, I'm not saying it. Yes. I'm not saying it again. Just please. Okay, so that's next. Okay, and I think the other thing that I'm I'm personally interested in, and I think this, I don't know if it's because I am at the end of the day a, a Brit, and I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, uh, this pans out. Uh, news that got announced yesterday regarding uh, the Wicked and Divine. We've had, um, yeah. yeah, we've had Kieran Gillen on the Hangouts before. He's a great guest, and it's exciting to see that um, the Wicked and Divine has been um, optioned for development. Uh, by Milkfed Criminal Masterminds, which is um, Kelly Sue DeConnick and Matt Fraction's company, by Universal Television. Um, they have turned around and said they are going to be in town. They're going to be in San Diego. Now, admittedly, they were kind of going to be a. <laughs> they were going to be kind of a, in town anyway because they also have a slew of uh, nominations for the Eisner Awards. So, fully expect to see Kieran and uh, Jamie. Bounding, rather giggling, like two uh, <laughs> two small kids up onto stage uh, on the Friday night. I'm looking forward to seeing that because I'm I fully think that they deserve to win because it's a great, great book. Uh, when we spoke to them back in um, June last year, he was just finishing off the script for issue two. Issue one was just about to go to press, and everyone didn't know exactly what to expect. And when it dropped, if you've read it, it's an, an amazing book. So, yeah, Wicked Divine. We may even see a Deconic Fraction panel, which I think would be really, really cool. I think that, that would be nice to uh, see uh, lined up. So there we go. Cool. Okay, uh, I think that's pretty much us. Um, next week, like I say, is going to be our collectibles special. We're going to be having, oh, we're going to be joined by John uh, Beanick from the, the Nerd Link who's turned around and said that he's going to be joining us. And like I say, hopefully we'll have some special guests joining us as well. <laughs> but there we go. That's in, that's, oh, please, please, please. <laughs> so that's in seven days' time. Do join us. Uh, it won't be as long <laughs> next week. We'll only we'll try and get back to the hour format. But once again, we had to spend a lot of time. And we were so grateful for David. An hour and a half. Brilliant. Thank you very much indeed for uh, your company this evening, or this afternoon, or this morning, or wherever you're watching. Once again, thanks to Alyssa for joining us. 
Thank you, Leonard. Thanks for thanks for your updates and stuff. Uh, right, and before we do go, uh, just to remind you again, the competition uh, competition uh, that we announced at the beginning of the, the Hangout, that was to win a promo code, uh, which you can win over the course of the next seven days by replying and answering to the question. Over the next seven days, we'll pay attention to the hashtag RockyTGiveaway. Um, if you're listening to this on um, iTunes or if you're watching on uh, YouTube, you can enter. We'll announce a winner, a winner at the beginning of next week's show. Who played, which legendary actor played Mickey in the Rocky films? And you can win a promo code to exchange on the website. However, time to announce a winner for this week's uh, Hangout. And we would like to say congratulations to I Am Fascinated. Uh, this is uh, Lilana. Um, I think she's a first-time uh, viewer. I'm not entirely sure. I don't recognize the name. Congratulations. You've just won yourself a uh, Dark Bunny Tees T-shirt. Congratulations. Well done. What we'll do is we'll get in contact with you after the Hangout's uh, done and dusted, and we'll uh, get you in contact with Dark Bunny, and we'll get them uh, to you as well. Do keep an eye on the website on anenglishmaninsandiego.com uh, because what we will do is announce what the um, T-shirt for giveaway next week is. And also, uh, as of tomorrow, I think there's going to be a new promo code as well, uh, which you can exchange 20% off um, a given item on the website. Loads of Dark Bunny stuff which is going on. Do head to the website to check it out. There we go. All done and dusted, I think. Time to draw a line under it. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Good night. Bye-bye, everyone.